Value engineering is a huge part of our core value prop as a company. So we literally focus on making things better. And that means if there's an item that's being made inefficiently for a sign package, and we can find a way to make it using a different material that might be lighter or easier to install or more affordable, we always present those options. We give value engineering options anytime we quote for a customer. And so I can give an example with a client of ours, which is physical. Early on, we came in and did a signage audit and to see what they're doing, how we can save you money, make something more impactful. And they had this main lobby piece that was made out of a high density urethane. It was super heavy in order to have a white profile. It had to go to a paint booth. It was very hard to install, etc. So we took a look at that and found a way to reduce the size a little bit and use a different substrate or a different material on which to build it. And we came up with a lightweight, thick foam core using our machinery to route out the shape of the icon. And then because the substrate had a lighter profile, we were able to print directly on it. So it came out significantly lighter, making it much easier to install. And it cost about a third of what the old one cost. So, I mean, that was an example of value engineering that they were super happy with. It's the same pinnacle piece that they use in all their locations and it costs much less to produce and again, much easier to install. So that's a great example of value engineering, which we really drive that point home anytime we can. Whenever there's a chance to make something better, we'll make sure you have that option on the table. Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. We are on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs just like you take action through franchise ownership, allowing you to obtain more financial freedom, time with family, and ultimately a business that can run on its own without you. All right. New episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. Thank you, everyone that is tuning in to listen to this. I'm excited to announce today is my first day of school, if you will. At the time of recording this, it's Monday, August 8th. I finished up my contract in my transition with Career Transition Leads, Find a Business Online, and Nurture Assist, my previously owned companies, on Friday. So excited to record my first episode as an independent new entity. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, man. It's an exciting new day. I woke up today, you know, trying to figure out how to start my new life. <laughs> yeah, you're free. Love it. Yeah, I mean, free is obviously a great transaction. I'm excited for of course, everyone, but I'm excited now to start focusing on my new company. It's in the works. We'll talk more about that down the road. Sure. Anyway, how you doing, Christian? I'm doing well, man. Today is a Monday like any other for me, but I'm excited for you. And yeah, free in the sense you can pursue your new direction, but great transaction, great transition with everyone over at the old company. I mean, so I'm excited for both them and for you and to see where everything goes. Absolutely. Well, without any further ado, we've got our friend Pete Lankerge on here on the podcast. What's going on, Pete? Not too much. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, if you've listened to our show, you know we don't do bios. We let you do the bio because no one's going to talk about themselves better than you. <laughs> so would you want to give us a quick background, Pete? Absolutely. Yeah. My name is Pete Lankarge, and I work with Northeast Color and we do branded interiors for the franchise industry, which means that we work with franchisors across a wide spectrum of verticals, but I'll come back to that. So I am also under a stage name, which is Pete LaGrange. I am the lead singer of an old school rock and roll band called Pete LaGrange and the Ghost Riders. And we actually were lucky enough to land on the Grammy ballot last year for Best American Roots Performance, which was unexpected, but very cool. Not officially nominated, but we were 
actually on the first round ballot, which was just an honor in itself. We have a new EP that just came out last week as well. So that's exciting. Yeah. So, you know, between working and franchising where I've found a home, which has just been a blast to become a part of the franchise community. My background was in sales before that. I was in telecom for a couple of years. And before that, I was in the printing world where I had overlapped with David Kirkhoff, who was now our sales director at Northeast Color. And so he reached out to me and said that we have a position that might be fantastic for you here at Northeast Color. And it's just been an unbelievable blessing because, as I said, franchising found me that way. And I found myself in the right place at the right time with an incredible company. So can't wait to tell you guys more about it. And by the way, Dan, thank you for the introduction and everything. And also, congratulations on the career transition. That's really exciting. What a funny choice of words, career transition. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. It was a you know unique experience because the exit happened in May, early May, but I had a three-month transition agreement. I agreed that it didn't make sense to talk about anything. No one wants to hear that a change happens in within an organization and then someone's leaving. So, you know, we waited. Awesome. Well, first of all, I got to say, everyone's got to get Pete's EP. That's incredible, man. I mean, what an accomplishment there. It's not every day you hear that somebody got, even if it was what, the first ballot or whatever you said. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It was a total honor. But yeah, so the new EP is available wherever you stream music. So if you have Spotify, Apple, Amazon, et cetera, it's available on all those. Yeah, so Pete LaGrange and the Ghost Riders, check it out. It's some old school rock and rolls. Think like Elvis and Chuck Berry type stuff, what we do a lot of. Oh, that's so cool, man. And I love that you touched on how franchising found you because that's something I was going to ask you anyway. How did franchising find you? And it found you like it finds everybody else. So tell us more about what it's been like to be in the franchise industry? And why do you love franchising? I mean, how is it compared to some of the other industries you've been a part of? It's such a community. I found that very quickly. So the moment that I had accepted the role with Northeast Color, the first thing I did was set up my LinkedIn to be a channel for franchising. I mean, there's, you can follow so many different people and publications and discover all the interconnection there. So between that and Picking the brain of Cater Danford, who is also in my role, and she's a franchising all-star. And I've just been trying to soak up as much knowledge as I can from her. But a lot of that was to find the people that are influential in franchising and connect with them. So I've found the franchising community to be so receptive. If you reach out and say, hey, I'm new in this role, would love to connect for future reference and some guidance in the franchise space, people have been more than willing to connect and very friendly about meeting and I've had some good fortune in getting started. I've, I was able to bring in some conversations early that were very relevant to our company. And so we have a compelling story to tell, which makes it very easy to do that. But just to be in the right place at the right time on a rocket ship that's taken off is very exciting. And now you're on the Franchise Founders Podcast. Dude, I'm so pumped. And thank you guys so much. It's sincerely, it's truly an honor. Very grateful. Pete, I think you need a podcast. You got the voice for it. <laughs> a deep boom. I've considered it. You should do it. I asked our podcast editor if he could make me sound a little bit more like you. <laughs> I've been unfortunately not blessed with this type of deep tone voice, but I'm not letting it stop me. <laughs> no, you guys are fantastic. I thoroughly enjoy that we both of you come across. I've been a fan of the podcast since I first discovered it a couple months ago. So it's a thrill. You see that, Dad? We have fans you're listening. <laughs> My dad told me that I have a podcast because I have nothing else going on. And he might be right. <laughs> yeah. Pete, so tell us exactly about what Northeast Color does 
generally speaking, and then we can dive in more specifically in terms of what you all do for franchisors. Yeah, absolutely. So we produce, like I said, branded interiors for the franchise industry, which means we work with franchisors across a wide spectrum of verticals. And we work with them at the corporate level, the franchisor, to determine all the branded elements that need to go into a brick-and-mortar establishment to create that brand experience for that particular brand. So obviously, franchising in many ways is all about the consistent brand experience. So more than just the product or service that you offer, you know, what keeps people coming back is the experience and the connection with your brand, right? And the way they feel about it. And so we like to think from the perspective of the customer and putting ourselves in the customer journey. So we think of brick and mortar as the theater for brand execution, right? Where the images and experiences are projected upon the memory of the customer. So ultimately, we want to know how do you want them to experience and remember your brand? So if, if somebody comes into an establishment and they see you know, signs that are appealing at the corners or they see, you know, signs that have been faded by the sun for years, it sends a small perception that can negatively impact the experience of your brand. So we like to think of it in terms of how can we elevate the brand? How can we make that experience where they're going to have the positive impressions when they walk in? And how do you replicate that across the network of brick and mortar? So ultimately, our customers end up being the franchisees, but we've done the legwork of working with the franchisor first to determine what the sign package is, right? And it's not just signs. It's not just printing the wall covering, but it's also key branded pieces, whether that's, you know, an illuminated logo for the lobby, all kinds of different ways that we can bring the brand to life. And so we work with the franchisor then to identify what are those key pieces that really impact the brand experience at your brick and mortar locations. Does that make sense? Totally. So what does that process typically look like then? How do you know we're going to use this sign for this company or this style. We're going to use this light. I mean, how do you figure that out for each different brand? Because each brand is trying to convey something different. So mm-hmm. how do you know what that is? Do you do a consultation? So walk us through that. Really, it's a long process of discovery. You know, we get to know a brand inside and out before ever doing business. So there's several discovery meetings that will take place. And, you know, it's important to note we're not a marketing agency, right? We're not creating their marketing agenda. That's already been done by their marketing teams. So what we're there to do is to execute on that marketing. And so we find out what are the key pieces, right? What is the brand experience you want your customers to have? And then, you know, what's your vision? Are there certain pieces that are being made already that might not be getting made efficiently, right? So we do value engineering. We take a look at how the signs and the pieces are being made. And if we can find a way to make it more affordably, or make it a lighter piece, for example, that's easier to install. That's another big piece of the value engineering. But we discover all of that through the process of, you know, courtship with a franchisor. You know, we get to very intimately know their marketing teams and their operations teams and how their different packages are essentially rolled out across their entire network of the different franchisees that they have. And we find that among our franchise clients, the ones that have the more immersive brand experiences are the ones that tend to proliferate more and take off because, you know, when a customer walks in and they find themselves fully immersed in that brand, those brands tend to generate more brand loyalty. And so we've seen a lot of those be successful. As an example, Planet Fitness, talk about a totally immersive brand experience. In many ways, our company's story begins in a lot of ways on the franchising side with Planet Fitness. We did their third location in 1998. And over the last 24 years, as they've continued to scale 
out to more than 2,000 locations worldwide. We've been with them growing in lockstep in many ways as a co-evolution story. And so as their needs grow over the years, we grew our capabilities to match their needs and came out the other side with really well-earned expertise in value engineering, product development, and logistics to help keep material and shipping costs down, et cetera. And so even though we're a 40-year-old company, we almost have more of a startup mentality about the last five years in franchising because you know our leadership group at that point said, looking at the success we have with Planet Fitness, said this franchising model is awesome because businesses can multiply the way that Planet Fitness did. Maybe we should focus on businesses that can multiply. And so it's in the last couple of years that snowballs really started to pick up speed rolling down the hill. And the more the word gets out about us and the great work that we're doing and the customer service we provide and you know how we nurture the relationships with our franchise clients, the more successful these brands become and the more successful we become. And at the end of the day, it's all about the legacy partnerships and mutual growth with our franchise clients and doing that through helping them achieve brand consistency at scale. I think what you just said there at the end is so key to what your company does with the brand consistency. I just went through this whole branding exercise and it's interesting. If I had to choose between a expertly thought out brand, spent all this time on colors and vibe and feel, but then not execute on that consistently across all the platforms and within your locations or a brand that maybe the thought didn't go that much into the colors and, and everything, but there's a clear execution of consistency in the colors and the logo and the feeling. But I'd actually choose the second. I'd, obviously, I'd like both, but I would choose the less thought out brand, but consistent deployment of that brand identity than the well thought out brand that no one ever executes on. And so what you guys are doing is you're really saying, look, we're not going to design your brand for you. You already did that or you're doing that with your marketing team, but we're going to help keep that consistent at scale across 10 locations, 100 locations, 2,000 locations, you're going to help them stay on that key element of the brand. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm kind of curious to actually turn the mic to you guys on this. I'm curious, you know, if you could potentially identify an example of a franchise brand that really nailed it with their brand experience, something that stands out in your mind, you know, and what is it that made it so memorable? I've got one. Only because I'm the melting pot of other people's ideas and seeing what works. As I've been looking at building my next brand, I look at franchisors and other suppliers. And one of the things I found is with ISI. You know, I go ISI's Instagram page, it's the same, the colors, the dimensions, the brand, and the website, and the vibe, and everything is just consistent across the board. So I think ISI is a great example. Shout out Adam Rice and your team for brand consistency. 100% agreed there. Yeah, right? They just seem like they're so consistent across the board. We love them. Yeah. They're doing all the right things there. For sure. I think for me, just a quick example that comes to my mind is All Dry Franchise Fastlane, one of the companies that they work with, Puddles the Duck. Ever since I saw Puddles the Duck, I was like, this brand is a winner. And I didn't even know what they did. But Puddles the Duck, it's just so memorable. <laughs> I mean, it's not a brick and mortar franchise, but you know, seeing Puddles and all their marketing materials, seeing Puddles blasted on the side of their vehicles, on their shirts and everything else. It's just so memorable. It's a fun logo. It's a cute little duck. So things like that make a big impact on me. Then obviously you think about, gosh, I think Teriyaki Madness for me as well. I didn't even know that that was a franchise, but I've been going there for several years. And I was like, yeah, I love the food. It's very consistent in terms of the food and the experience itself. But the way the build-out looked, the way each shop looked, it was consistent from one location to the next. And so for me, that was always 
a great example. And then, of course, you think about McDonald's, right? There's obviously a whole world beyond McDonald's for those that are listening, right? We all hear that a million times. But think about the Golden Arches. There's just something iconic about that. And so I know that what we had talked about earlier, Pete, was about how to create that kind of iconic feel to a brand. And you mentioned immersiveness. Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through what that looks like and paint a picture in the minds of the audience? Because when you walk into like a Planet Fitness, for example, what elements create that immersive experience? It's a great example of Planet Fitness. I mean, so you walk in there and you see purple and yellow, not only just what's on the walls, but even the equipment is branded, right? So the whole experience, you go in there and you know you're in a Planet Fitness right off the bat because that same color is consistent, right? across all those locations. So it's a very repeatable experience that you could go into one in Boston, you can go into one in California, and you're still going to have that same branded experience. And to talk on the immersive part of it, I mean, it is literally, you are plunked into that brand experience the moment you set foot in there. And it's memorable. Like I said, I love to talk about brick and mortar as the theater for the brand execution, because it really is. When you walk in there, all those images are projected on your mind as a customer. And that is what stands out in your memory when you go visit a brand. And if you go into a, another place that's maybe just very nondescript, you might remember they made a great pasta dish, but you may not remember the brand experience because it wasn't much there. So yeah, when you can associate certain colors and images with a brand, that is a successful move by the brand to make you remember who they are. And so we're all about making sure those colors match every time so that it is always the same purple. It's just making sure that it is a consistent experience across the board. If you're enjoying this episode, please click the subscribe button. And make sure to connect with the Franchise Founders Podcast on LinkedIn. Ellie Mental Health is a brick and mortar that has a great job with being consistent in their branding. Franchise Fastlane, I think about it's not a brick and mortar, but the whole concept of fast lane and moving down a track and, you know, they've stayed true to that. And really, I think they have a great job picking brands that stick to their brand as well. I think of Mr. Duck Cleaner, Les, the founder of Mr. Duck Cleaner. If you ever worked with him, which I have, he's no nonsense when it comes to his brand and the colors. And again, you have to have someone that creates brand, but then you got to have like the brand police, you know, and stay on top mm -hmm. of it because it so quickly slips to the wayside if you let it. You know, it's so funny you just use that word brand police or that term because we literally use that. We say, you know, in a lot of ways, we see ourselves as the brand police so that franchisees don't go off the rails in terms of a branded experience of what is not in line with what the franchisor has in mind, which is why we work with the franchisor to assure them that your brand is going to be consistent across different franchisees. And so we make the life of the franchisee very easy because we say, hey, corporate sent us. You know, we know this is what your brand package looks like. We know you're going to open on this date. So we'll get you opened on time and on brand, you know, in accordance. So that brand police is very much relevant to what we do just to make sure everything stays in line. Got it. So you're working directly with the franchisees, of course. At what stage are you really engaging with them, though, in the build-out process? Are you talking with them from the very beginning or you want them to have their space reserved first? At what point are you guys part of the process? Yeah, we're involved pre-construction in many cases, you know, so we'll get construction drawings and to know the measurement specs that are needed for each location. Obviously, it's different if we're doing a retrofit for a brand, if they're remodeling. But yeah, in terms of openings, you know, that's one of the things that we forecast is, okay, so we know you have openings on these given dates. 
So we work with the franchisees and, you know, the directors of construction long ahead of time so that we know, and we're advising them on, Hey, you know, you got to have X amount of time for the paint to dry. So you make sure that you're getting that paint down well in advance. So that has time to outgas the paint on the walls before we apply like a wall vinyl, for example. So there's a lot of advising on that end. So we're involved very early in the process, even pre-construction very often. Fantastic. And something else I was curious about too, with the franchisor on the franchisor side of things. So obviously colors, their marketing materials, they kind of know what a lot of that is themselves. But when it comes to where to place things, where it comes to, if I'm going to put a certain quote on the wall or use a certain type of signage that's lit up and it it illuminates and, and those sorts of things, how much of that is you coaching and saying, hey, I think this would be a good fit for your brand? And how much is it the franchisor themselves selecting? Or do you give like a certain type of like, here's a good, better, best model. Here's option one, two, and three. Here's some different schematics. And you kind of choose which ones you feel represent your brands the best. Like, how does that process work? If you can dive into that a little deeper, I'm curious. Sure. Yeah, there's actually a lot of dialogue around that because, you know, we get the guidance from, you know, an existing location, right? We see these are the different signs that have gone in there. And we typically, when we build out a quote, we give different options. So we say, we can make it just the way your previous sign vendor made it here's a value engineered option and it costs this much less. Here's a third option. So we typically do lay all those out and we explain the benefits of each one. And so we work with them. It's a very much a tandem process of, you know, taking their guidance of what they'd like to see and then giving them options and advising them. So it's, it's very much in the balance of, you know, an advisorship as well as doing what they want at the end of the day. Such an interesting, like when I think about all the nuances of a brand and of a business, like every brick that you lay in the foundation needs to be well thought out and done. And so this is definitely not anything that a franchisor should skip out on, right? Their branding of their locations. So who's an ideal franchisor for you? Like what's the ideal customer? Any brand experience for brick and mortar in the franchise space, really, we work across a multitude of different verticals. Obviously, fitness is one that we're strong in, but, you know, we look at restaurant concepts and fast casual, and there's so many branded environments in those as well. So as long as there's a brick and mortar presence where they want to have an immersive brand experience, we can help. So there's really no specific answer other than, yeah, brick and mortar. Anything that's too emerging, too established, or you can do from one unit up until thousands and thousands. There are certain times when clients aren't a good fit for us. And that would be because there's so much time that is spent in the onboarding process for us to develop the SKUs, for example, for each individual item and put all those in place. If a brand is not growing at a very promising rate, they're probably not a good fit. Like we're not a sign shop. We're not doing one-offs. You know, we're working with the brand with the understanding that you need someone to help you scale. And so that's where we come in because we're able to produce in high volume and making sure that locations are opening on time, having a strong operational backbone. That's really where we come in. So we will turn away in some instances brands where you know, there's just not enough growth to justify the amount of resources that are spent in developing all those SKUs and producing them all. But for the most part, though, both emerging and established franchises are great clients for us as long as there's a need for that growth and someone to help them with the growing pains of scale, you know, especially across different franchisees where they may have 
franchisees before talking to us, they might be talking to a variety of different local sign vendors around the country and having to explain their sign package to each of those individual sign shops. So that's what takes a lot of the pain off of their plate is having someone like Northeast Color who not only understands franchising and how to work between the franchisor and the franchisee, but to help them scale it and have the comfort that they don't have to be having this meeting a thousand times with different sign vendors, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. So Pete, one question I had was regarding a term used a few times here. Even before we started filming the podcast here today, you mentioned it. And I think I have an idea of what it means, but I was curious about what exactly it does mean. If you can define it, that way the audience could have a better idea. And I think that was the phrase value engineering. Yeah. Can you dive into that and break that down for us? For sure. Yeah. So value engineering is a huge part of our core value prop as a company. So we literally focus on making things better. And that means if there's an item that's being made inefficiently for a sign package, and we can find a way to make it using a different material that might be lighter or easier to install or more affordable, we always present those options. We give value engineering options anytime we quote for a customer. And so I can give an example with a client of ours, which is physical. Early on, we came in and did a signage audit and to see what they're doing, how we can save you money, make something more impactful. And they had this main lobby piece that was made out of a high-density urethane. It was super heavy. In order to have a white profile, it had to go to a paint booth. It was very hard to install, et cetera. So we took a look at that and found a way to reduce the size a little bit and use a different substrate or a different material on which to build it. And we came up with a lightweight, thick foam core using our machinery to route out the shape of the icon And then because the substrate had a lighter profile, we were able to print directly on it. So it came out significantly lighter, making it much easier to install. And it cost about a third of what the old one cost. So, I mean, that was an example of value engineering that they were super happy with. It's the same pinnacle piece that they use in all their locations. And it costs much less to produce and, again, much easier to install. So that's a great example of value engineering, which we really drive that point home anytime we can. Whenever there's a chance to make something better, we'll make sure you have that option on the table. I get it. Your engineering value makes sense. Love it. <laughs> so how do people that are listening get in touch with you? They're a franchisor, they want to learn more. How do they get in touch, Pete? So definitely find me on LinkedIn. It's Pete Lankarge, which is spelled L-A-N-K-A-R-G-E. And they can also email me at pete.lankarge at northeastcolor.com. I look forward to any conversation and said, I'm always here as a consultant and I get excited about brands too, which is really what makes franchising so fun in so many ways. It's easy to geek out on brands because marketing is just fun, right? So to be able to bring brands to life is really an honor to take that brand and to be trusted with it and to elevate it. Are you going to be at Springboard? I will be at Springboard. Yep. Myself and, uh, a bunch of our team will be there as well. So Cater Danford will be there. Kim Nutting is also on our biz dev team. Uh, I believe Derek Abelman would be there as well. So it will be well represented at Springboard for sure. Cater's great. She really knows how to get in there. Like I can't explain it. When I first met her, she just has a way to get a relationship with you. She would like open up a conversation, promote you a little bit. And you're like, man, like I got to talk to this woman because she gave me three things before I even knew her. You know, three referrals or three... Yeah, you know, she's she's an expert, great person to work with, I'm sure. I can't say enough good things about Cater. I mean, it has been such a pleasure working with her. 
And she's going to be at my wedding this fall. I'm so excited that she's going to be there. I'm getting married October 23rd. But like, I was so excited to invite her to the wedding because she's just someone that I have gotten so close with so quick and has had such a positive influence on my life in so many ways because I just see the way she goes about networking and building community and paying it forward and always having a positive mindset. So, I mean, the first thing I did was just start to try to emulate everything she was doing. You know, and I'm very fortunate and blessed to have been able to come into Northeast Color when I did at a time where the foundation's already been built for success. And that's a lot attributed in many ways to what Cater and Derek Abelman have done to really put us on the map in the franchise world over the last few years. They've done the heavy lifting. So just a wonderful spot to be in and a great team to be a part of. It's the power of franchising, man. And so you told us where we can find you. What you didn't tell us is where we can find your EP, <laughs> where the audience can find your EP. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, okay. wherever you stream your music. Yeah, look up Pete LaGrange and the Ghost Riders. And the new EP is called That's All Right. It's actually spelled as three words instead of two because it was the old. it's an old song that Elvis actually was his first single. So that's the main song on there as a re-recording of that. But I hope you'll enjoy it. It's got a different variety. There's one instrumental on there, more of a surf guitar instrumental, and then a couple more ballady tunes on there as well. So it's a four-track EP, but... It's definitely a lot of fun to be a part of doing that as well. So I hope you guys enjoy it if you check it out. Absolutely. Well, man, 100%. Well, Pete, congrats on all the success. I think it sounds like you're doing a, a tremendous job and looking forward to seeing where you go and everyone else. If you're a franchisor, you need some help with branding for your brick and mortar locations. Northeast Collar, man, check them out. But other than that, thanks everyone for hopping on to another episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. As always, subscribe share, leave us an honest review. We appreciate all of that. Spread the word, help us impact more lives through franchising. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you want our help with anything from buying a franchise to franchising your business to anything in between, shoot us an email at franchisefounders at gmail.com.